It's that time. Your fix is here. College football is a year-round discussion with these two. Here's J.C. and Morgan. Mike Morgan of ESPN and J.C. Sherbert of 24-7 Sports have you covered. Beginning right now. Good late July installment of J.C. and Morgan. Hope everybody is well out there. Mike Morgan, J.C. Sherbert with another installment of J.C. and Morgan. Post-SEC Media Days, they came, they saw, they conquered the Music City. We come, we see, and we hope to conquer another week of the podcast. Uh, J.C. from the Chicago studios. I'm in uh, Studio B down in West Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, fresh off a uh, a birthday, J.C. I'm fresh off two landmark events. Uh, well, birthday's not that landmark. Um, but But one... And and you rightfully told me don't use the term uh, big C, but uh, because that could be interpreted for multiple things. Uh, in in my case, the, the the big C is nothing serious. It's my first ever colonoscopy. You know they lower the age to uh, to forty five now, and I, I this is not a PSA, but um, but I would just tell anybody out there get it done. It sucks for a day. There's no doubt about it. Uh, the day leading up, and I know you've had one as well, JC. It, it uh, the, first off, just to go a day and a half without eating is a challenge. And I'm not, you know, I'm not the biggest eater, but yeah, I, I'm used to just grazing and and being able to eat when I want to eat. So at one point, I got uh, lightheaded and almost passed out in the middle of the night. Um, but the actual procedure, first time I've ever been put under. First time in my life on earth I've ever been put under. And I was thinking, well, because I have trouble sleeping sometimes. I was like, well, no, that's that's not going to – they might have problems getting me to sleep. Well, they had no problems. No, they had none. And then you wake up, and I was like, when are we going to get started? They're like, we're already – we're done. We're good. So anyway, clean bill of health on that. And um, the, the moral of the story, I probably – Knowing me, I probably would have kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. If I hadn't heard so many people in our line of work that have said, just do it, 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 you will. So let me pay it forward and say, if you reach that age or maybe even before that age, just do it. And then you don't have to do it again for like 10 years. So I thought it was going to be like an every other year thing. I was wrong. Thankfully, thankfully wrong. And then, uh, and then uh, on a less, uh, you know, consequential note, I, I had a birthday, which happened to be the same time as SEC Media Days, which it didn't used to be that way. But the last couple of years, it has been um, got to got to celebrate with the wife uh, down here and whatnot. But I just got to say, because a lot of these people are our listeners as well. I, I didn't initially post anything and I wasn't planning on it. Um, but, you know, if you're on Facebook, which you and I are. It has your your birthday um, kind of <laughs> imprinted there, and so everybody finds out. And so, uh, before you know it, you have all these incredibly nice messages. And then I feel the need to, to thank all the people for the incredibly ni- nice messages. So I did that on uh, Facebook and Instagram, uh, Morgan on Air twenty two, because somebody else says Morgan on Air, uh, and then Twitter, and and then even more nice things came through. Um, so again, for those of you that that are listeners and also had uh birthday wishes. I don't take that stuff for granted. That's really nice. A lot. I mean, a lot of these people, I don't know. I've never met. I've never had a conversation with, 
but they know you through, you know, the things that you and I do. And um, I'm still amazed sometimes that people would even take the time uh, to do that. Uh, but one thing I've, I've understood over my time doing these type of things, whether it's talk shows, whether it's play by play, or now this, this podcast is that people do feel like they kind of do know you, you know, when they take the time to listen every week to this podcast, there is a connection there. And, and, you guys are allowing us into your world, your home, your gym, your commute to work, uh, your office. We won't tell the boss. So we're very thankful for that. Um, thousands of you choose to do it every week. Uh, don't, do not take it for granted and probably don't thank you enough for that. But uh, I'll use this opportunity at the top of the show to say thank you for that. And with that, I say hello, JC. Yeah, it's a good feeling. I'm terrible at remembering birthdays. I remember my birthday, my mother's. My my dad, my late dad, and my three brothers, because obviously I was there when they were born. Mm-hmm. But like grandma, aunts, uncles, friends, rarely. So lucky yeah. for me, Michael Haney texts Mike. Uh, we're on a group text, right? Michael Haney texts Mike, and I hadn't been on Facebook that day. Uh, I would have seen it eventually, and I was like, oh, man. So, I, you know, I got... I, I was part of the uh, birthday wishes for my distinguished co-host. Uh, and here's something else. Uh, people may not realize this. Mike loves hot dogs. He loves to eat <laughs> yes, hot dogs. Right. He'd freely admit it. Uh, he's the most in shape hot dog lover I've ever met in my <laughs> life. Uh, you know, body by hot dog. I don't know, but by uh, hot dog. body by basketball. But uh, it was also national hot dog day on his birthday. So like a double win. Yeah. So what a special time. You know, and had I known that, I would have had some hot dogs uh, for my birthday. You know, my my bride took me out to a a lovely Italian meal, Mm -hmm. which did not have hot dogs on the menu. But rest assured, uh, there will be some hot dogs consumed the rest of this summer and beyond in honor of National Hot Dog Day that happened to coincide with my birthday. And you're right. I do love a good dog. Now, I'm not just any hot dog. Uh, There are some dogs that quite frankly disgust me and i don't want to consume um but a good hot dog mm-hmm. yeah and i mean there's a million different toppings i love on a dog you're in chicago i love the chicago dog um there's all kinds of great hot dogs there's a place in atlanta that closed down unfortunately that i know you were a big fan of you used to oh, no, order them right please don't to... tell me they closed what was it, it was mike's hot dogs mike's right? hot dogs they shut they closed down mike's hot dogs yes and Wing Roswell Ranch Road. closed too. What's I that? Have no, Wing Ranch closed too. And Wing I, Ranch. Yeah, I, mean, I have they're, nothing they're left me. there. I, I know have nothing and, left there. And Atlanta is such a great foodie town. Um, <laughs> and these two play the, these two they're places great. like best wings in Atlanta, uh, best hot dogs in Atlanta, and boom, boom. I don't know if it was residue of COVID or or the rent went up or people just struggling in this economy. I I don't know, but unfortunately. Sad to say, I didn't mean to white flag it on a dour note in the open, but yes, uh, Mike's Hot Dogs has shut down as well. But uh, we can only hope that more and more hot dog places continue to thrive as this podcast continues to thrive, as Media Days continues to thrive. And uh, JC, you and I have been to our fair share of Media Days. I mean, I used to host a show on Radio Row every year. Most of them um, in Hoover, I think I was in Birmingham one year when I was just like a college uh, reporter. Um, And uh, I got to say this, I had no doubt that this would be the case. Every media member that I know 
and ones that I don't know. Hope it just goes back to Nashville time and time again. I mean, Nashville's such a cool city. It's a great place. No knock on Hoover, Alabama, but unless you live in Hoover, Alabama or Birmingham, most of the media members would gladly trade Hoover for Nashville. Uh, we know now it's going to be in Dallas next year. Um, I was kind of tipped off to that a, about a month ago or so. It makes all the sense in the world. It's the perfect way to baptize Oklahoma and Texas into the league. But uh, Nashville has just become such a destination city for so many people. So we're going to go over what what happened over four days. I was looking at the Big Ten media day schedule today just out of curiosity. You know, they only do two days, which is shocking to me. Same amount of teams. And they have their own conference network. I mean, the SEC network just kills it. So even when I'm not there, I, I, I make a point of DVRing the whole thing. I watch just about every second of every uh, ounce of coverage and hats off to everybody involved on that. I mean, outstanding work and, and whatnot. And it's become a four day extravaganza in the middle of a time that nothing else is going on. So uh, I imagine the big 10 eventually when they get Southern Cal and UCLA, they'll, they'll expand that thing to a three or four day event, but JC, they, they did it. Um, and as I always make a point of, it's not about hard news, right? It's not about like, bum ba bum this just in. I mean, that happened one time, and that was on accident. That was a leak that Oklahoma and Texas were joining the SEC. But for the most part, it's not hard news. It's just a, an excuse for all 14 coaches, their respective uh, players, the media members, to all congregate one place for one week and to talk a ton of SEC football, and that's what they did. And again, I enjoyed it. And we'll go over uh, kind of the highlights for you and me. We'll, we'll break down the JC five. We'll go through the mailbox, and yes, a little five and dime to cap things off. Uh, anything that stood out in your mind? Yeah, I, I think uh, you know. I think you're right. There, there was like a, a vibe, uh, even though we weren't there, and I'm not sure that we won't be there. Uh, Next in year, the future, yeah, I, I'm, I'm down for that. I, I'm can, not sure that Jerry we, won't, we won't take the whole show on the road, uh, yeah, and dig D. And when I say the whole show, you guys will know what I'm talking about here in a couple of weeks. But uh, it, um, there was just a vibe you almost felt. And I, I, Nashville is a vibey town. When I lived there, uh, my friend came and visited me, one of my lifelong friends, and he said, "You just get a good feeling when you're here." And I was like, "You know, you're right. I, I don't know whether it's." the churches or the, the rolling hills or the friendliness when, you know, you, you, there's a lot of celebrities that live there, but it's real friendly. I, I don't know what it is about Nashville, but uh, it's a good vibe. It's a great time. It was right downtown. Um, you know, you've mentioned several times, Mike, and, and you and I were actually both there the day the world shut down at the SEC mm -hmm. basketball tournament. Um, still a good vibe there that day, even though it was weird that they got shut down, but I, uh, I'm with you. I think I think it's good, and and I think that the, all the coaches had a pretty good vibe this time. It wasn't like I said; there wasn't a lot of hard news uh, that come. You said not a lot of hard news that came out. Uh, I did. I, I do have to. I do have to say two things. Number one, the goat, Nick Saban, mm -hmm. call him the goat because he is. He is the, the goat. Took a different strategy with his press conference this year, and I think it went horribly wrong. <laughs> Because he, he went out, and you know how he's usually like, okay, thanks for being here. You know, we're really excited about starting practice. He started with a joke. 
he was like Joel Osteen. Start. I'm going to start with something funny. Uh, and, and he's trying to tell the story about his wife and him going to Italy. And he was like, yeah, I didn't want to go. No laugh. <laughs> that's that's a laugh beat right there. Yeah. I didn't want to go. Pause. No laugh. But uh, I ended up going anyway. And uh, I went. And um, and then he ended up like, because nobody laughed. And, and I was sitting there kind of laughing because I was like, oh, he's trying to tell a joke. And I, I think people were just kind of shocked. Well, here's Nick Saban all business all the time opening with something funny. Uh, and, and I, I was like, weird, but then he kind of like, uh, just kind of stumbled into, uh, but, uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, if you can go lots of, uh, architecture anyway. And then he went back to being Nick Saban. So He's not going to be at the ha ha hut or chuckles nah, anytime soon. But I was like, well, man, when you get that job on game day, which we all know you're going to get, once you hang it up coaching, Got to work on that comic timing, man. <laughs> got to work on that. Comic. You got uh, McAfee sitting next to you now, so you got to you got to kind of work on that. Oh but, yeah, uh, that chemistry will be natural. I, I thought that was a, I thought that was interesting. And then um, back to the Big Ten, I have a theory on on why their media days isn't as popular. Number one, it's 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 in uh, Rosemont, which is sort of like a really cool place to hang in Chicago. It's Lucas Oil Stadium, isn't it? Was it in Indy this year? I, th- I usually well, thought I, it was. I, I, thought, I thought I read it's going to be at, at Lucas Oil Stadium. Well, Lucas Oil Stadium. Okay, year. so fine. Sometimes it's in Chicago, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's well, okay, so forget where it's at. Having lived here, I've noticed that the, the days of summer are so short here. People, I think, in the Midwest, because those fan bases are just as large, they're just as passionate, they're just mm-hmm. as fired up about football. It is a lot of big football schools, not gigantic schools with tons of alumni. They love it. You know, watch them travel for bowl season. I mean, Iowa, everybody else. They're just as passionate. But the summertime is so sacred around here because about middle September, it's going to drop back into the 50s. You're going to have to put the pool up. You're not be able to grill out anymore. You're not be able to go swimming anymore. That I just don't think the focus is on football. Uh, in people's mind, I think it's a later on thing because in their mind, the season kind of goes into those colder months in, in our mind down South. It's just as hot in October as it is in July. Most of the time, it is a warm weather sport for the most part, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I think that's probably why uh, up here, you don't get as much uh, attention to something like a media days uh, because they just in everybody's mind up here, they're still on vacation. You know? Right, and I, I think that's probably that's my little theory. I may be wrong, but that's my little theory as to why there's just not a lot of uh, hype around that that particular conference, which is excellence uh, media days event. Let me tell you what you mentioned, Nick Saban. Let me tell you just a, a few things that I jotted down watching all the coaches, and I'm going to exclude some guys here. That's not that's not a slight. It's just some were kind of what I expected. You know, I mean, like Clark Lee is, I love Clark Lee. I'm pulling for Clark Lee. Um, Clark Lee is not necessarily going to say anything that uh, is going to stand out. Um, But, you know, Clark was fine. Zach Arnett, the new Mississippi state coach. I've uh, covered him before when he was the the coordinator. Uh, He's fine. But, but for the most part, there are certain guys to me that kind of stand out. It always starts, like you said, with the GOAT, with, with Nick Saban. And, and it used to be, I mean, I go back to when Spurrier was the rock star when he was the coach at Florida. And when he entered that room, it was just different. And then when Lou Holtz took over at South Carolina, 
don't forget that there was also a feeling of whoa okay now we got now we got two rock stars in this league uh, and then you had Spurrier at South Carolina though he's still a rock star just at a different locale um what I feel and then of course for for years and years it's been Saban not because his magnetic personality or is he's going to sit there and woo you with his words, but because when you look at him, you're looking at excellence and greatness. Uh, and whether you love Alabama or you hate Alabama, those are just facts, period, not even disputed. But now it is a, I'm going to use your favorite word, it is a cabal of Saban and Kirby Smart. Because Kirby with two national titles in his back pocket, he doesn't have the long resume uh, of a Nick Saban, but his program has become the epicenter of excellence, not just in the SEC, but in college football. So now when Kirby and when it's Georgia Day enters that room, there's that same type of feeling. Uh, it, it's now the, the Saban-Kirby show at media days. And the other coaches are kind of just living in it. You know, they're, now that's always subject to change. Um, Lane Kiffin, for me, is still must-watch TV because you just don't know what the hell he's going to say or what he's going to do. He rolled out there. I mean, some of the – some of the this is where the internet is undefeated. Uh, some of the tweets and memes of Lane with that picture of him, they're just beyond hilarious, Okay. Lane just basically lets you know when he walks out there with the unbuttoned shirt and the disheveled hair and just kind of the glazed over eyes, he doesn't give two F's about what anybody thinks. And you know what? That's a beautiful place to be in life. Let's be honest. (laughs) That's a place in life we all wish we could be many, many times. He knows he's got very good job security. There were so many rumors that he was going to bolt for various jobs. On this podcast, uh, I think you and I were both in agreement that I didn't think he was going to leave. I, I I didn't buy the Miami rumors. Oh, well, he's got a house in Boca. Mm. Folks, I know for many, uh, South Florida geography is not uh, the number one priority. Boca and Miami might as well be in two different universes, not to mention culturally speaking. So just because you have a house, most of these guys have a second house somewhere. Mm. That doesn't mean that that's where they want to live and coach. Um, Lane stayed at Ole Miss when he clearly could have gone other places and had several other suitors and he's had success already in Oxford. So when you add all that up, he has got incredible job security and he has that vibe. Like I know I'm good and good. If I even do, even if I do have a bad year, if with the three quarterbacks I have on my roster, none of them pan out. One of them is going to leave, by the way, that's a whole other story. Um, then I'm still going to be, you can't fire me. Look at what I've done here for Oxford. So Lane is always must watch and and is always going to say some things. And his, his, uh, comments on NIL and the portal, I thought were what every other coach wants to say, Lane just said it. And that's been going on for the last year or two lane and Nick Saban, what everybody else wants to say, they're just coming out and, and saying it. Uh, Shane Beamer, I don't think any coach gets you as excited about the growth of his program and hits the right tone of positivity better than Shane. I mean, he just has that gift. Um, and, and for someone who is trying to still sell the program and now he's got momentum to sell it, that's important. 
some coaches look at media days as a requirement, kind of like taking that yearly physical. I got to do it. And that's what my doctor says. So I'm here. Some of them look at it as an opportunity to sell and to continue to permeate great vibes around the program, which as we all know, helps in recruiting and in the portal. Shane does that. So, I mean, he, he is, he's becoming all press conference team first team at this event every year, Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly strikes me as a guy who knows he's got something special right now. And for all the bows and arrows that were slung his way last year after that loss to Florida state, they win the West in year one. He knows he's, he's got something. He, now the jokes on you folks, you want to make fun of me. I can make fun of myself about the, the Southern accent and everything else. Guess what? I won the West. Okay. I beat Alabama in year one. What you got now? And I got a better team in year two in Baton Rouge. Uh, I'm I'm just fine. Thank you very much. And then finally, JC, Jimbo Fisher. This is the awkward award. Everything about that conference was just awkward. And, and look, when you're when you're under the gun, as everybody knows he is, uh, that's never an easy situation. And Jimbo, who who talks like a hundred miles an hour. Um, he, he, he just, your head spins, but I think everybody wanted to know what he was going to say about Petrino. And I don't know why he doesn't just say he's got the play calling because I believe he does. I believe you put your pride aside when your job is on the line and you don't bring in Bobby Petrino to just be part of the think tank. You bring in Bobby Petrino to let him do what he does, which is call plays. Uh, and, and if he does well, then that's only that's only good news for Jimbo Fisher, but that whole conference to me was a little bit awkward. It really, uh, it just everything about it. So that that's what stood out to me. Again, all due respect to all the other coaches out there. You know, Pittman's always entertaining, and you want to crack open a six pack with them. And uh, uh, Billy Napier is Billy Napier. I mean, he's not going to will you with his personality. Mm. It comes down to, or are you going to are you going to actually win more than six games in year two? Because if not. That fan base will turn on you in a heartbeat. We've seen it happen. Uh, Stoops, we already know. I mean, he's the model of consistency. He's not going to make a ton of headlines other than when him and Shane Beamer went kind of clashed horns last year. But um, that's what stood out to me in in terms of the coaches. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you. The Lane Kiffin thing, I think I've been in that exact hotel in the lobby looking just like him in Nashville in the morning at some point when I live there. That's the JC morning yeah. mist look. Yeah, that was, that was, I, I could relate. Like my tongue got dry. My head started pounding. I was sweating. <laughs> I was like, oh, Lane, you know, but uh, yeah, the honesty's there. And uh, you're right about Brian Kelly. And I've, I've been on this defending Brian Kelly kick for a, a while now because, you know, people, people want to hate on him. He's kind of an outsider or whatever. You know, never mind the fact that outside of Ed Orgeron, LSU mostly, you have to go back to Curly Hallman where they hired a Southerner outside of Ed Orgeron. I mean, Gajeri DiNardo mm-hmm. was a Big Ten guy. Uh, Nick Saban came from the Big Ten, a Midwestern guy. Les Miles is a Michigan Michigan man. Then mm-hmm. uh, Coach and then, uh, and then they go right back to the well with Brian Kelly. I mean, Louisiana as a state is a little, little different than the rest of the South. I love it. 
you know, and they kind of make different decisions. Obviously, Brian Kelly being the big winner he is uh, was was uh, the reason that he was hired. And, and I think he felt like he could get great athletes at Notre Dame, but he could get elite athletes at LSU and win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and this is not a guy that was the, the assistant that got, you know, was friends with the media that, that everybody started clamoring for to get the promotion when the head coach left. Oh my God, he's great. You know, uh, this is not the guy that everybody's like, man, if you could just go get Brian Kelly, boy, you'd be rocking and rolling. He was at Grand Valley state for a decade. You speaking of cold, <laughs> he was at central Michigan. He was at Cincinnati. He's the winningest coach in Notre Dame history. Uh, that's Leahy, Parsegian, Newt, freaking Rockney, Lou Holtz, whoever you want to name in the history of that program. He's won more games than all of them. Just couldn't get over the hump. Why? Athletes, players. It's not a bad coach. Um, and I think he proved that. And I, and I think that I have, you know, would I have a beer with Brian Kelly? Probably not. You know, I probably, I don't know that I would enjoy that. I don't know that he's not like the most engaging coach. I, you know, like Saban, I'll listen to him, you know, read the phone book. I mean, <laughs> you know, or Spurrier or something like that. But I have an immense amount of respect for anybody in life that worked his way up and, and paid his dues and wasn't, you know, born on third base and and, and, and thought he hit a triple, you know, and, and that's Brian Kelly to me. Uh, and, and I think, you know, when, he looked at his career and was like, well, I, I want a national. The only thing that's missing is a national championship uh, at this level. Where can I win one? And LSU certainly is that place. Here's how hard the SEC West has been. As great as Alabama has been, you know, they've only won that division three out of the last six years. Mm. Now in 17, they won the national title, but Auburn won the division. No, 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 no. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, 17. Yeah, 17. Because they ended up playing Georgia. Uh, I don't know. I just think that uh, you look at it, Auburn won it once, LSU's won it twice, Bama's won it three times. That's how yeah, hard. You know, yeah, we're about to get rid of divisions, but that that's the difference, the East and the West. I mean, right now, I, I know some people are higher on Tennessee perhaps than I am. I, I It's not a knock on Tennessee. I just think they lost a lot. And it, it's not just plug and play Joe Milton for Hendon Hooker. Um, and, and Joe Milton could be the Anthony Richardson quandary of, of this season, right? A guy that's that's a flawed player, uh, but a guy who clearly has the potential to be a first-round draft pick just based on measurables. Uh, by the way, a uh, Pahokee guy, speaking of uh, the 5-6-1. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I, I – I look at the West and, and LSU is going to contend for national championships under coach Kelly. I no question about that. And Alabama, we know is going to do that. And then the question of course becomes, well, is there going to be, you know, is Auburn going to get back? And I didn't mention Hugh freeze. Cause I thought Hugh had a pretty non, I think Hugh's a great hire. I just think it had, it was a non plus press conference. It was very quick. He answered a few difficult questions about his past, and it's like life goes on. He, he, was, he was not there to make headlines. <laughs> he, he's made enough headlines. Um, but Auburn and A&M would be the two obvious candidates. Like, okay, which one of those is actually going to defend, uh, contend to win the West again? And, and, and I don't know if either one of those programs are there right now, um, but, but we'll see. But, but in the East, like what I do know, what I think I know, and if I'm wrong, good deal. It'd be better, perhaps, for 
for college football is that I don't think anybody's in the class of Georgia. And I know that, that, that they got a big game in Knoxville that, that can help prove that, that statement wrong. But I just think you know, I'm, I'm already counting on Georgia being in the, another SEC championship game. Georgia's won it five out of the last seven years. Kirby Smart has been to Atlanta as many times as Mark Richt was, did his own. Wow. Uh, already. Wow. And Richt was there, what, a dozen years or so? Yeah. Oh, excuse me, five out of six, because Kirby didn't make it his first year. But 17, 18, 19, in 20, Florida went, uh, then 21, 22, Georgia. Yeah. And to go back to our interview with Aaron Murray last week, who played under Coach Rick, a lot of that credit still does go to Mark Rick because that was not a rebuild at all. When Kirby mm-hmm. moved in there, there was a lot of talent there. The program was on good standing. There was no NCAA. I mean, Rick was the perfect guy to set up the next guy. So I, I never want that to be lost in the equation. I, I still think Mark Rick's place in history should be perhaps better than it will be because I just think a lot of people will forget that over time. Yeah, look at where Georgia was at, too. I mean, the the, the league started going to a championship game in 92. Uh, Georgia did not make it till 02. I mean, that was that's a decade. You know, of course, Florida and Tennessee were absolutely mm-hmm. rolling at the time. Spurrier-Fulmer. You know, I mean, for a program like Georgia, you know, yeah. And re, re, I, I, I'll never forget that I was working in Gainesville, Georgia, as a uh, reporter in 2002. Yeah, I moved to Georgia. Georgia goes to the Georgia Dome for the championship. How about that? <laughs> Uh, and, uh, they, uh, that was that first time I mean, that it was dogs were going crazy. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable because they had just been, they just had never been, you know, they hadn't won the division. Uh, they still didn't go over the Florida hump that year, but they eventually did. And, uh, you know, it was just, um, it was just one of those things. I mean, you know, that, and that was the Georgia fans should credit Mark Rick because he did elevate from where like Ray Goff and, Jim Donnan sort of had it. I mean, he no he, doubt he took it for me. You know, you, you it wasn't anything for Georgia to go seven and four, eight and three, nine and two, seven and four, whatever. Uh, back then, under those guys, and at least well, and Rick did have some seven and fives. Don't get me wrong, mostly due to injuries, but uh, he did elevate and and you know five division titles and you know that that twenty twelve game we talk about all the time. You know that was that was the deal. But uh, yeah, Kirby's won five out of six, and that's. I think the most dominant stretch since Spurrier at Florida, as far as East titles go. Uh, yeah, I don't think anything else even comes close. No. Actually, uh, no, I don't think. Was, yeah. yeah, South Carolina <laughs> could have had five in a row uh, if you look at the games they lost: twenty eleven, twelve, thirteen, and fourteen. They were unbelievable losses. Two, you're talking two points. Get, you're talking giving up two touchdowns. You're talking losing at home to a mediocre Auburn team in 11. Um, I always tell Gamecock fans that if there was one problem with the Spurrier era, it was, you know, Georgia's schedule or Missouri's schedule, whoever, was just a little bit more friendly. And then you lose these games that, that you shouldn't, which Spurrier did at Florida some too. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it would have been nice for them to have that, those in the trophy case, even though, I think most of those Gamecock teams would have probably gone to the slaughterhouse against those great <laughs> L- LSU or Alabama teams you'd have run into. During or the time. Auburn team in 2010 with Cam. Well, uh, they did had, run into that one. Yeah, they did run game. into that. Nobody was nobody was beating that, that Auburn team uh, from the East anyway that mm-hmm. year. 
Uh, all right, we'll take a quick break here. We'll come back to JC5, some of which will include more coverage of SEC Media Days and some of the other storylines that have been going on lately here in college football. More JC and Morgan coming up after this. Hey, this is Mike Morgan, and like many of you, I love staying active. It makes me feel better. It helps me enjoy a better life. But whether you're a world-class athlete or someone just keeping the dream alive like me, you'll want to make sure you have someone who can handle the injuries that are going to arise. That's where the world-renowned Dr. Michael Hatrack of Synergy Sports Wellness and Synergy Release Sports come into play. He's been my guy for nearly a decade, and he has served thousands of people, including over 400 NFL players, over a career that spans 47 years. Yeah, he's that good. And his staff's personalized biomechanical treatments and therapies can handle it all. Back pain, knee pain, shoulder pain. We all know the injuries, but few know the solutions the way Dr. Hatrack and his terrifically trained staff do. I've seen others. No one delivers the results the way they do. That's why people from all over the country come to Synergy's two Georgia locations, Buckhead and Alpharetta. Dr. Hatrack has trained a team of chiropractors in his proprietary technique, that has been proven to yield life-changing outcomes from professional athletes to the Joe Schmoes of the world like, well, me. Check out the website to set up an appointment today, SynergyReleaseSports.com. That's Synergy with an S, ReleaseSports.com. You can also find a link for them on our website, JCandMorgan.com. Let the incredible staff at Synergy take care of you so you can reach your wellness goals. Hey, folks, want to tell you about our friends at Titan Construction Group really quick. They're a mid-Atlantic-based general contractor, specializes in retail, restaurant, and office construction. TCG strives to separate itself from other general contractors by adding value every step of the process. From project budgeting to estimation, value engineering to construction, they focus on those relationships and not the transaction. Titan builds partnerships one project at a time among their clients are Starbucks, Crumble Cookie, uh, Blake Pizza, Home Goods, 15 plus years experience based in Melothian, Virginia, and contracted in Virginia, West Virginia, North Carolina, and South Carolina. So get on their website, TitanCGInc.com. That's TitanCGInc.com. Get in touch with Brad if you're in need of a general contractor that focuses on going above and beyond for their clients. That's Titan Construction Group, a proud sponsor of the JC and Morgan podcast. All right, back with you on J.C. and Morgan. It is time for the highly anticipated, much heralded, very ballyhooed J.C. Five, five topics going on right now that we discuss each and every week in college football. J.C., take it away. Absolutely, Mike. I've uh, really enjoyed this. I need to get some kind of branding like J.C.'s Fantastic Five, Fabulous Five. Fabulous is, I don't know. I don't know if I'd call myself fabulous. But anyway, um. Bullet points out of SEC media days. What stood out? We talked about the coaches. Uh, you know, what else? Though? What, what else was there that stood out? I talked about the vibe. Uh, I thought the media asked some great questions and some mediocre questions. So, you know, what else stood out about it? Well, I, I think day one with the great Sankey address um, is always going to be interesting because, again, he is the EF Hutton of conference commissioners with all due respect to many of the others, no one cares. It doesn't move the needle. Um, but when, when Greg Sankey approaches and this really was solidified during, during COVID when he was playing, uh, I, I don't want to use that analogy. He was clearly ahead of the pack. Let's just put it that way. And everybody was looking toward him for leadership as to what, 
should be done. And uh, he talked about that in a couple of the interviews there. He obviously addressed NIL. Um, I don't want to go knee deep into NIL again, but basically he he is he and some others have left it at, at Congress's uh, doorstep. And there and there is a bill out there that is actually bipartisan to uh, improve NIL guidelines. Whether or not it passes, who the hell knows? But um, yeah, go ahead. Well, well, no, I was going to say it's Blumenthal and Booker who surprised me because those have been the two guys, amazingly enough, from New Jersey, Connecticut, where nobody cares about college sports. Right, right. Uh, that were well, pushing Booker played for, at Stanford. That's yeah, his. You, oh, Stanford. Well, yeah, there's a very uh, <laughs> non, non-radical non <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But By anyway, the way, they're projected no. dead last in the pack this year. Because Stanford, what the heck happened to Stanford football? Yeah, anyway, man, go ahead. Stanford got, I read the other day, Stanford and Cal, their higher-ups are like, we well, should just drop football. That would, that would be so sad. Anyway, that would be sad. Uh, but, but it, you know, so they've been the ones, you know, they need to unionize. And they need to be employees. And they need 50% of the revenue and all that. But, but right. their bill was very common sense, I thought. You know? Yeah. So th- that's why sometimes politicians grandstand and then, uh, you know. Right. They I, play to the base. I yeah, mean, some, I, of the, some of the things Booker has suggested with athletics have been so far. Crazy just nuts and it's like dude uh, you're not even trying like i'm not even i'm not even listening to you anymore um either either come up with something that's reasonable or go grandstand something like this is why people hate politicians but but based on what what little i i didn't go i didn't read every word of the bill obviously but but i thought it actually there was some there was some good points in there uh do am i confident this is going to be signed anytime soon no i'm not I have a feeling a year from now it's going to be the same status as it's been. Um, and and never have I felt more right about something in, in terms of what I've consistently thought this was going to turn into uh, years before it happened and now a year or two after it's happened, which is pay for play. You can call it NIL. You can call it whatever initials you want. It's, it's 100% pay for play. And now coaches are coming out and they're using that terminology. And that, that makes a lot of people uncomfortable, but that's what it is. You are buying recruits based on nothing, based on not market value. Uh, that was never true NIL. So it's artificial demand. And it's it's nothing more than buying players the way we used to uh, issue things like the death penalty and, and sanctions for it. Well, now it's 100% legal and it's going on in the major three sports. Absolutely. That's, uh, and I, I'm, that's I'm sorry. I, I, I detoured there to your, to your answer, your question, Sankey's comments. Sure. That resonated. Um, you know, the, the discussion about, even though it's a year away, Oklahoma and Texas, that is very much on everybody's mind already. It almost just seems surreal that that's going to happen. Um, you know, when they added Texas A&M and Missouri, it's like, oh, that's nice. That's, that's a good, that's a good deal. When they added South Carolina and Arkansas, it's like, that's nice. That's, that's, that's a good deal. Adding Texas and Oklahoma, two mega brands to college football is just like, whoa, seriously? Uh, so that deserves a 12 month lead up of, uh, of hype and conversation. And it was certainly out there. Uh, of course, highlighted by the announcement that next year's media days is going to be in uh, in Dallas. Nothing else, JC, really stood out 
in turn, you know, the player interviews, first off, like they are what they are. Some guys are better spoken than others. And, you know, uh, it, it's, it's pretty typical stuff that, that honestly, that was usually my least favorite part of covering these things. I mean, you, you got to interview them. They're there. And there are some guys that were a pleasure to interview. I and mean, I go back all the way to interviewing like David Pollock and like, you know, he was great then. It was no wonder why he got into broadcasting. And, um, but, but for the most part, a lot of those interviews are, are rather generic. Uh, there were so many people, I mean, that you and I have either had on this podcast or we know that are now have their own media forums. It used to be you were either with a sports radio station or you were a writer uh, or you just weren't there because you didn't have a platform. Now you have all these internet shows and different outlets out there. And I guess on three now who your former boss has launched something that is uh, they just hired away Andy Staples who we've had on here. I mean, there's a lot of different platforms. So I don't know what the total number was of media members in Nashville, but it seemed rather significant in terms of the overall coverage. Yeah. They have a very liberal credential policy as well, but, and, and I'll never forget when the last time I covered it, Saban's up uh, talking, and this guy stands up at BamaCrimsonBlog.com. Now, I went to this blog, and, and this was back before it was easy to get a good-looking website up for cheap. I mean, you had to go get it programs. It, it just there, it looked terrible, and there was not a lot of content on it. And so he stood up, and it's like, Coach Saban, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming to Alabama. And, uh, you know, my mom and dad were really happy and cried the day you came there. And my wife, Julia, she's back at home with the kids, and she told me to tell you hello. And we're just so thankful and grateful for you coming to Alabama. And uh, it's just amazing what you've done in a program in a short period of time. And, you know, it's just on and on and on. Well, then he changed. He flipped on him, like, suddenly. I just want to know why in the world you ran the ball on third and four against oh, Arkansas. Well, clearly you have the flat wide open coach. What do you think about that? Right. And he sat back down. This dude asked questions of Steve Spur, everybody there, fearless. He was fearless. But he had a well, fake blog. He had a fake blog. I'm sorry. I'm convinced this guy a fake blog and just got there with his buddies and, and did it. And, uh, and, and then Saban just kind of sighed and answered the question. But I'll never forget that as long as I live. You know, and, 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 you know, you're right. A lot of the big national writers go to at least SEC media days. and uh, Yeah, that's like that. if they pick one, that's the one they go to, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't go to all of them. So if you pick one, SEC. that's where these guys reside. And, and some of them really don't even care to cover the SEC, but they want to get uh, on the record questions to various coaches and the commissioner about what they feel about overriding uh, – uh, storylines and issues in college athletics. My favorite, I got to just say this before we move to topic number two, the guys that like go up there and they're clearly, again, they're not necessarily trained media people. Like I I admire the hustle, you know, you get in, however you get in, but like they stand up. Yeah. Coach. uh, I just wondering, since, you know, you run those splits on the outside and uh, you know, that puts a lot of pressure and it's almost impossible to defend a man. And, and sometimes you got to go to zone. And I just wonder if maybe you, you think a fullback might help 
or maybe if, if, if you went 12 personnel and you added some extra protection in order to provide for the quarterback, you know, I, I find myself that I like my quarterbacks on a rollout play. So mm. I've always thought going back to when I played in high school that, you know, I, I liked rolling out and, and, and that was, that was good for me, but I don't know if it's maybe the same for, for Joe Milton. So do you feel like maybe because and it's like, whoa, 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 dude, we didn't ask for the commentary or your thoughts on X's and O's ask the damn question and they just let them go on and on and on and on. These guys are like, Hey, I'm on TV. I got, a, I got the wireless mic. This is my 15 minutes. In this 15 minutes of fame. You know. <laughs> it's just priceless. Anyway, hey, the, the, hey, the CW will probably hire one of those guys. To I know that's right. You, you too can cover the, uh, the Duke uh, Wake Forest clash on CW in, in week seven at high noon with those type of insightful questions right after the Gilmore girls marathon, <laughs> right after Dawson's Creek, you just come right in. That's a whole other subject. And I don't know if, if, if the pack, if I think the packs on your, on your JC five, Yeah, we got that coming up. Okay. So. I'll save it. Go ahead. Number so two. We'll, we'll save that one. So keep the train on the tracks. Number two. Yeah. I got to keep the trains running on time here. So uh, the Tennessee ruling, um, and I've talked about this on my Gamecock show and, and and on some guest appearances. I think everybody's too focused on the bowl, the lack of a bowl ban, which, you know, kind of punishes the players and coaches that are playing now rather than the overall program. Um, I guess residually you could, but, but Mike, I thought if you dig into some of the recruiting restrictions, they're, they're unprecedented. I've never heard of the NCAA banning some, a team from having unofficial visitors for, for two weekends a year uh, conference games. I mean, I, I've, I've never heard of that before. Um, and, and that stuff's important. So I, I, I don't necessarily think they got off easy uh, as easy as people think. Yeah. Look, the, the, there are too many people that get hurt that had nothing to do with it by placing bowl bands on programs i really think that is that is like a dinosaur now i don't unless it's and i don't want to say this wasn't egregious because there's a lot of egregious stuff that went on under jeremy pruitt that dude will never coach again in division one football the show cause is what six years something like that he ain't coming back this is not bruce pearl this is a whole bruce pearl got tagged for a a barbecue and, and inviting a recruit to a barbecue this is money in bags at fast food restaurants. Um, you know, it. the weird thing about the whole Tennessee situation is that when, when the new coaching staff came in, Hypo and company only had like 65 scholarship players. You're like, wow, how can they win? But they inherited some pretty good, talented players. And, of course, they, they got guys from the portal like a hand and hooker. But um, – some some of those transgressions did do some good if we're being honest about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, you know, it, it ruined his career and the careers of other people involved. It put a stain on Tennessee. It makes you sweat out your, you know, the, the anticipation of how hard are we going to get hit? But to your point, they, yeah, I thought the sanctions had plenty of sting to them and, and there's no question. They are a deterrent. You are, you are, you are basically saying, don't do this because you are going to be hurt by it, even though because Tennessee's been a kind of an overachiever the last couple of years, 
you don't necessarily see that um, right away. But uh, but I think we're we're getting away from bowl bands, and for and, and and the whole the whole thing of taking away vacating wins is so utterly stupid. It's just you can't change what we saw. The toothpaste is out of the tube. If Tennessee beat Missouri two years ago, uh, then all of a sudden you you take away that win. You think Eli Drinkwitz and company are celebrating a win over a vac? Over Tennessee, even though the scoreboard said otherwise. No, no, no they got beat sixty-two to twenty-four. They got beat, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, um, so. I, I thought I, I, I'm just glad it's over with. First off, mm-hmm. I don't want to see bowl bans, um, in general. So I, I was, I was fine with the outcome, and I'm glad everybody can move on. Yeah, vacated wins are stupid as well. Uh, 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 AJC fiasco with Georgia. Look, people can say what they want. There are a lot of Georgia haters out there. I understand they need to get the speeding and and, and the uh, drag racing stuff under control like yesterday. Athens, Georgia is the worst place to drag race, and and that's kind of stupid and juvenile to be doing. I understand that's an issue. But I thought the AJC, with, with how they structured some things, based on the readily available public facts, was in the wrong. I think justice was served, unfortunately, by the writer getting fired. Uh, I think they should have gone a little further and, and maybe apologized, but uh, that's not the way a lot of outlets, old school outlets like that roll. So uh, I think the end result, I hate to see anybody lose their job, but, you know, frankly, this wasn't the first time this had happened with this particular writer. It happened in Louisville about 20 years ago. And so, Hey man, you're going to, you're going to write a story like that and, and level those kinds of accusations. You better button it up. You were all over this at the tail end of last week's mm-hmm. podcast because I, we had an email from a gentleman from Gwinnett County who asked about it. And I said something, and I, honestly, I didn't read all of this guy's story. There were other stories about it, and I think some fans were just kind of throwing them all in the same barrel and saying, the hell with the, the, the paper as a whole for giving this much coverage to these stories. Uh, but you were on point about this specific guy in this specific article. And unfortunately for him, the paper and George and everybody, he was just wrong. Um, And this speaks to, we don't want to bore people with a a journalism seminar, but this is kind of sad when you see this. Uh, There's enough there to just be right. If you want to just write a spicy story and, and be critical of the way things have gone down, with a lot of the student athletes in Athens. And then you can pose the question, well, is Kirby more accountable? I mean, a lot of these, these type of questions happen under Mark Rick too. It's not a Kirby issue to me. Um, but, but this guy was just, it just, it was just wrong. You can't be wrong with facts like this. You can't, you absolutely can't. And they're going to grill you if you do. And maybe in the old days, the news editor would feel pressure to kind of stand by his guy. Not anymore. You're the AJC. You're trying to stay in business. Your sports mm-hmm. section is trying to stay in business when you've got more competition than ever from the athletic and on three and all these websites and everything else. You're got a guy there that's doing his best to kind of torpedo the credibility of the program and the people who run it and your facts are not straight. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. And I would say this, and I, I stopped calling myself a journalist about six years ago because I just got tired of 
it was probably around 2016, which coincided with the election. Big surprise. Everybody was telling everybody who to, the journalists were telling everybody who to vote for. Anyway, that's beside the point. If you're making a salad, a journalism salad, right, or a story, say your story's a salad. Like, if I'm making a salad to eat, and, and I, I, I like diced onions instead of sliced onions, Mike, mm. I can dice those onions, brother. Mm-hmm. I can dice those peppers. I can I can put, you know, I can trim the tomatoes. I can skin the avocado, if you will. You're not allowed to do that when you're writing a paper because the facts are the facts. You can't shave the facts. You can't shave the quotes. You can't, I mean, you know, and he did. I mean, he left out, you know, hey, I could, I could make, I could take those quotes and make it sound like the Wizard of Oz if I'm allowed to selectively edit them. You know, so anyway, I thought justice was served. That happens rarely these days, but I thought justice was served. Yeah, I, I, the only thing I would add to this in, uh, in kind of conclusion is that you, you have a guy, this is not a 27 year old kid out of college. This is like a guy who's been doing it for decades. So, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not here to pile on. I don't know the guy. And honestly, he's an investigator reporter. Like, so I don't, I don't know anything about him. I know the guys who cover Georgia. I read mm-hmm. the guys who cover Georgia for various outlets. I don't know anything about this guy. So, all right, next subject. Okay, so Apple, uh, Steve Jobs, or, uh, or Steve Jobs' former company. Apparently, they're going to be part of this Pac-12 TV deal. Uh, I think it's interesting. Maybe they're uh, catching the you know, the the momentum of Ted Lasso or, or whatever, because that was one of their programs. But, uh, you know, I, th- I think that's sort of fascinating in a way, because I think Apple has long been known as a hardware company. They they kind of squirted into content a little bit. I, I think it's going to be kind of feast or famine. I mean, I, I think it's either going to be great or a disaster uh, if Apple ends up being, the uh, the I guess the streaming partner uh, for the Pac-12 moving forward. I I just want to get your take on that since you live yeah. in that world. Yeah, well, a couple things. First off, the the Pac Media Days are are on the horizon here. Uh, no Deion Sanders because he's he's coming off surgery. Some ignoranus wrote like, well, without Deion, what is there to be interested in? Uh, yeah, dude, <laughs> like Colorado's one of the worst teams in the league this year with Deion, like. The pack actually has a chance to be one of the most entertainment, uh, entertaining conferences in college football this year because the quarterback play is off the charts good. So if you know anything about the cover, the conference you supposedly are covering, you wouldn't say something um, that ridiculously ignorant. I don't even know if he was a beat writer or what, but that's just some of the things that uh, come out there. Um, there's not going to be a media deal announced at media days. I think a lot of people were hoping and expecting that would be the case that the pack was just kind of they already knew but they were waiting for the right time to break no nothing still nothing um you I, I, this is the classic case i've said this a million times before are you going to go for dollars or exposure and if you go for the dollars with the extra extra dollars that come with perhaps an apple or some other tech company you're going to sacrifice the exposure of your product uh, if you don't have a linear network behind you, that's not just putting on your game for three and a half hours. Like Apple has nothing else covering college football the rest of the day, the rest of the week. I'm not saying people won't be able to find it and pop it on. That's great. But what makes ESPN and Fox so 
desirable is that they promote the hell out of your product and they make it so that not just the people that are fans of those two schools or that game tune in, but just everyday Joes stumble upon it. I mean, I know this from experience, a number of games that I've done, given the platform, these are people that say, Mike, I saw you doing this game. Well, I know you're not a fan of either team and you didn't really care. Yeah, but it was on and I watched the channel, so I watched it. That's a lot of what TV is all about. It's mm-hmm. getting people that don't necessarily – it's not appointment television for them, but they still stumble upon it and watch. Well, you're not going to have that if you're on Apple TV or Amazon or whatever else. But those guys might offer more money. Yeah, you might make more millions. You also might set up a situation where it's more tempting for schools like Colorado and Arizona to get out of there. So I, I don't know what they're thinking or what they're doing. Um, it's going to be a huge decision that is going to have a domino effect. That much I can promise you. This has never been just about the pack, which is why I've talked about it uh, more than I would expect on this podcast. We cover the pack, but we don't talk a ton about the pack. It's certainly not our central audience. Uh, but I, I know that whenever this decision is done, that's when the next wave of migration is going to happen. And, uh, I think we're all just kind of waiting with bated breath to see what in the heck they have come up with. All right. Rapid fire. Cause it's 2024 and we're pressed for time. Who's the big 12 big dog. What's Texas and Oklahoma leaving? When I say the big dog, not that they both win it every year, these great programs, but you always look, okay, who are the two best programs of the Big 12? Uh, who, who is the one? Oklahoma State, Texas Tech? I Will Iowa State come back under Matt Campbell, K-State? Who would you it's think a, it is? It's a great question, and I think this is what – there's a lot of things the Big 12 can sell. This is one of them. It should be the most unpredictable Power 5 league year in, year out uh, because there's a lot of good programs – that put together good seasons, but not necessarily uh, a great program that's consistently dominant once Oklahoma and Texas are gone. You and I talked about this on another show, how a lot of people would be surprised that neither Oklahoma nor Texas uh, won it last year or played for it last year. And if you take away Oklahoma, Texas was very often not in the championship game or hunt. It was other schools. It was TCU. It was Baylor. Uh, it it has been, you know, teams like Kansas State and Iowa State that have pushed it to the brink. That's the that's the biggest, uh, to me, sales pitch that the Big Twelve has going, or one of the biggest. And then you add in a UCF who has a track record of having some really memorable years. You add a BYU, the same. You add a Cincinnati, the same. Houston fits geographically. Now, you know, it's been a while. I mean, I, what's his name? Had a had a really good year um, yeah. Tom before Herman he, had a before he failed at Austin. Yeah, Tom Herman. But for the most part, Houston, I think, has the most work to do uh, to get to that level. But I, I, I think that's the beauty of that league, JC. Uh, I, I think it's the fact that you can have five different champions five consecutive years. In, in the new Big 12, and I don't think any other conference is going to have that type of diversity at the top. Yeah, I'm with you there. Winningest program of all time left in the Big 12 is West by God, Virginia. Yeah, and they've got issues. Top 25 wins. Yeah, picked dead last, I think. They, 
All right. So that does it for the, the nice uh, job. All right. JC that, the JC five here. I like it. We we laughed. We cried. We moved a nation with that. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll come back. Wrap things up with the mailbox, courtesy of jcandmorgan.com. Mike here for Elite Roofing and Restoration. Chances are you're a homeowner. You're going to have to have that roof replaced at some point. Could be because of wind or hail damage. Could be because it's just that time the roof is old and you don't want to take any more chances. Go ahead and call Elite Roofing and Restoration. They will take terrific care of you as they have for me over the years. They provide exceptional roofing services. They offer a highly knowledgeable staff on insurance claims for roof repairs and replacements as well as an extensive catalog of materials materials, and colors to ensure your roof looks as good as it performs. So how do you do it? Well, you just start off, you can go to the website, EliteRoofingGA.com. That's EliteRoofingGA.com. Go ahead and fill out the form, get connected with the fine folks at Elite Roofing and Restoration, and they will take care of the rest for you. Elite Roofing and Restoration, don't settle for second best. All right, welcome back. It is JC and Morgan wrapping things up with some uh, JC and Morgan mailbag. The mailbag, by the way, you can submit your questions we used to just take them off twitter and whatnot we can still do that you can hit us up with a question there but encourage you to go to the website jcandmorgan.com and uh, there's a specific tab for the mailbag and we love your questions and we will answer them on the air the mailbag brought to you by synergy release sports synergy release sports.com proud sponsor of jc and morgan uh, they're based in atlanta but i'm telling you what if you're anywhere within driving distance of atlanta and you want to feel better than ever before, the personalized chiropractic therapy to help you enjoy life's most meaningful activities, uh, whether you're a weekend warrior or just somebody. I mean, he's dealt with over 400 NFL players. He's dealt with all kinds of people. People come from all over the country to see Dr. Hatrack and his amazing staff. Uh, SynergyReleaseSports.com to set up an appointment. You can also... Hit their link up on our website. I'm telling you, I have had every injury under the sun. And the only reason I'm able to stay active is because of the great work that these folks have done over the years. It's just it's just different. I've seen other people and I've been left really, really disappointed and wasted a lot of money. That is not going to be the case with Dr. Hatrack and the terrific staff at Synergy Release Sports, SynergyReleaseSports.com. First question comes from Roy. Uh, don't have a hometown from Roy. Feel free to improve, uh, include your hometown, folks. We love to hear where you're listening and writing from. Uh, guys, what is your expected order of finish in the SEC East and West, and who will be the SEC champion? I, I won't go one through seven, but here's here's I'll go top three because then I think it's a you know it's it's a jumble. Uh, in the West, I'm taking LSU one. I know the Vegas odds are Alabama. I know the game is in Tuscaloosa. I will take LSU. I just think that's a more complete roster, and I think Jane Daniels might have put together the best season of any quarterback in this league this year. Uh, I will go Alabama two, and I would not want to – if they figure out the quarterback situation, I would not want to face an angry Nick Saban uh, roster this year. They came oh so close last year. And I will go A&M three based on Bobby Petrino. Yes, I am a believer in Bobby Petrino. Uh, do I want him marrying my daughter if I had a daughter, mm. but I, you know, do I want to like crack open a six pack of beer with Bobby Petrino? Eh. Do I want him calling plays? You bet. So I'm taking a and third in the West is really good. I mean, that's a good season, 
So I'll go with those three at the top in the West and the East. Everybody and their grandmother is going to pick Georgia. You can throw me in that group. I'll go Tennessee too, but I, I have more doubts on Tennessee than a lot of people do, JC. And I will go with Beamer Ball third. I, I think Spencer Rattler is kind of flying under the radar a little bit, as crazy as that sounds. Um, I, I, I love the hire of their offensive coordinator, although that was met with criticism from a number of people within the fan base. Uh, I like having Juice back. I like some of the transfers that they've got. If they can figure out offensive line, uh, then I think the Gamecocks, even with that brutal schedule, and it is brutal, can finish third, and then you can jumble Kentucky, Florida, um, and then you got Missouri and, and Vanderbilt kind of coming up the rear there. But that's where I would uh, rank the SEC. We were we were identical in the top three, so I'm just going to give the bottom four because I sketched it out because I knew we had that question. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, in the East after top three, Georgia, Tennessee, Carolina. We have Kentucky four, and they could move up easily. Missouri five, Florida six, Vandy seven. Um, I, I, you know, on the other side, uh, I'm going to go Auburn four, Arkansas five, uh, Ole Miss six, and Mississippi State seven. Don't get mad at me, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi State fans. I love you guys. I love your team. Love your program. That's just how, somebody's got to finish last in that division. Yeah, that's the problem. And, and, and Auburn is not going to be that team this year, I don't think, because I think I think they'll be. Uh, they were more competitive down the stretch once they got rid of Harson last year. It's like the life came back into their program all of a sudden. And uh, and it's Auburn, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think you freeze will have them fired up and ready to go. So we'll see. Okay. Chris from Texas. Uh, Scott Frost did not work out at Nebraska. Matt Rule did a nice job at Temple and Baylor. How long do you think it'll take for Matt Rule to turn it around? By turn it around, if you mean – finish behind Michigan and Ohio state. I think he's going to do it. I, I, I think he's going to do it. Uh, there, there's too many good things going for Nebraska football. Uh, and I realize the recruiting challenges, but they can help make up for that. And some of that NIL money and other things. I, I actually think that rule for whatever reason, it did not work out with the Carolina Panthers. I think it will work out with Nebraska. And I would not be surprised if within a couple of years, they're finishing a, a solid third, which is behind two top 10 programs. So third in that league is still pretty damn good. And I would not be surprised if they surpass a Wisconsin, a Michigan State. Um, Northwestern's got problems galore. Uh, an Indiana, an Iowa. I, I, I'm a believer in Matt Rule still. I am too. And uh, I mean, they've tried everything else. <laughs> they tried the former, <laughs> that is true. former assistants, former, they brought Bo Pelini back. They brought uh, Scott Frost back home. Uh, probably should have never gotten rid of Frank Solich looking back on it. Uh, they've tried two like pro-ish guys of Bill Callahan and Mike Riley. Uh, Matt Rule, one of the best coaches in college football. His track record is impeccable. Uh, forget what happened to the Panthers because I give you a list of Hall of Fame college coaches that have stunk in the NFL. So uh, I think he'll get it done too. I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily fired up about his offensive coordinator because he was at South Carolina last year. <laughs> and in uh, and, and the first 10 games, at least, I I, I thought he was incredibly terrible. Uh, but he and Matt Rule go back a long way. I think they're going to have the defense right. I think they're going to get back to playing Nebraska-style football, and uh, that works in the Big Ten. 
Andrew from Louisiana, what's the number one thing you would change about NIL? Again, it, it's just it's just uniformity. It's just having some guardrails. There's no anti-NIL sentiment on here. Um, but but right now, it's it's not nearly what it was intended for. And until somebody with some power can uh, pass legislation, then I don't think that uh, changes. Um, I'm sorry, you want anything to add on that before we get to the final email? No, I'm just going to say I'd go with a uniform NIL deal for every player that comes in based on TV money because it makes no sense that players don't get TV money when that is name, image, and likeness. <laughs> I mean, right. if you're in a commercial, you get paid, right, Mike? Yep. Uh, and, and I think a way to do it, now this is not going to solve the inequities between the conferences, but that's the conference's problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, within the conferences, you, what you do, yeah, you, yeah, you can't limit people making money or you're going to get sued. But what you can do, and this is common with NIL, actors, actresses, advertisers, they sign exclusive contracts all the time, all the time. If I'm jockeying, you know, Fred Chevrolet, I can't go over to Wilma's Volkswagen and and jockey that. Okay. So, so sign every kid that comes into a two year exclusive NIL deal based on your television money. You can't get anything outside. You're our client for these two years and then open it up because at that point, the cream's going to rise to the top and then the players that can actually go get it can go get it. And and, and it's not this pay for play. You eliminate it completely from the recruiting battles because everybody going into a certain conference is going to make the same. Now, does that make the big 10 and, and, and SEC superior? Yes, but that's already happening. So that would be a way to even it out. I think a little bit uh, as far as get it and get out of recruiting and more into, you know, you know, a fair, a fair wage or a fair cut, uh, and then when you when you prove yourself, you can go get what you want. You do realize you said Fred Chevrolet and Wilma's and Wilma's Volkswagen. Volkswagen. What about uh, Barney Rubble Kia? Could you could you <laughs> Barney? Oh, uh, about Fred? How about, I don't uh, know. I can't drive a Kia. I don't know. How about Joe Rockhead Ford? Uh, Barney, <laughs> you need to drive a Chevy. The last one, because I know we're pressed on time, uh, is from our buddy UCF John. Well, I know he's pumped up about his mm-hmm. uh, nights getting ready for year one in the Big 12. He congratulates us, uh, first off, for getting over the 200-episode hump. Yeah, we appreciate that. This is, this is now number 202 that we are going strong with. Uh, and he is he is in J.C.'s court on the movie Quick Change. He says it's a nickel for him, but disappointed that you have not seen Midnight Run. So he's kind of disappointed in me that I haven't seen Quick Change with Bill Murray. And uh, I still find it shocking that J.C. Sherbert has not seen Midnight Run, an American classic, which we need to change. Um, have- so he's he's weighing in on both those. I, I do have to change that. And yeah, we'll get back to the Five of Dime Civic next week with a little movie uh, called So I Married an Axe Murderer. Oh, yeah, with uh, Michael Myers? Michael Myers, yeah. Okay. He plays his Scottish dad. Hopefully we get that done. Yeah. Anyway, I will John, watch Midnight Run. I'm going to write that down on my list. Please of write that do. down. Make I know you don't listen to many of my uh, suggestions. Well, you listen, but I you don't have. follow I, I, I get around necessary. to it eventually. I you get, get around, around to, it. to it eventually. I watched the, the show Reacher on on Amazon Prime. Uh, you know, Jack Reacher was the movie with uh, Tom Cruise. This is kind of a spinoff of it. I watched that last week, all eight episodes. I just binged it in two days. I kind of enjoyed it. Okay. I've not seen that. Uh, JR Jets, uh, excuse me, UCF John also added, 
I want to throw a movie out there in the spirit of heat and humidity. We're having summer school. It's over a dime for me. That's uh, the Mark Harmon that is a great uh, one. classic. A- Kirstie Alley is in that. 80s um, classic, man. 80s classic. Yeah. Again, your typical 80s two-star movie, which is not great. The plot is <laughs> silly. Like a third grade level. It's silly. But when it's on, it's like, you know what? I just want something that I can zone out, feel good about. And that was that. Mark Harmon, who was once the world's sexiest man, according to People Magazine. I played in a celebrity softball tournament with him. Um, no, baseball. No, it's softball. It's baseball. They were promoting a minor league team back That's in Columbia. I got a hit off Rick Sutcliffe, hitting lefty off of Rick Sutcliffe, as if that wasn't like the, one of the best moments of my life at that point. Then Rick Sutcliffe, after the game, along with Bill Walton's brother, asked me where a good place to go drinking was. I recommended a place called Billy G's in the Vista. And next thing I know, I'm drinking and on the dance floor with the Red Baron himself, all six foot six, Rick Sutcliffe. We weren't dancing together, but you get the idea. Yeah, that yeah, was a memorable day in the life of uh, you have Sherb Nation. That would that would be Morg Nation Morg at that Nation. point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, um, that's, uh, we'll get yeah. That's, we'll that's get to, we'll get to more five and dime next week, JC. I know you've got uh, your other very popular show uh, to get to, and we'll let you get to that. Uh, thanks all again. Uh, thanks again to all that listened and uh, tune us in each and every week. Another plug for the website jcandmorgan.com as JC always mentions, and I do not do a good job of. Uh, feel free to uh, lend a positive comment if you enjoy this uh, podcast, which I think gets better each and every year. At least we're trying to do that. So maybe if you were on the fence before, add a star, maybe two. Uh, and that always helps us and helps us continue to uh, progress here on the show. We'll be back next week. we got a couple of big-time guests coming. One SEC coach will join us, uh, perhaps the best national uh, insider for college football will be joining us. So if medias are done, but we sure as heck are not, we got a lot between now and the opening kickoff 40 days away, give or take, whenever you're listening to this particular podcast. That'll do it for us for JC. This is Mike saying so long. See you next week on JC and Morgan.